0: Art therapy, and ad-lib the rest. My name is Matthew Kroll.
1: And Jessica, only child, Illinois, Chicago. Classmate Kim G. Moon, he's your cousin, and I'm Shaheer Dowd. Ding dong. I'm Morgan Nichols. Thanks for your trust, but do I have to pretend to be a college student?
0: <laughs> and this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Parasites. Uh, Shaheer, we're joined. By a new
1: friend, well, an old friend, but new to the show. Yes, Morgan Nichols, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Hello, you, I, and this is the this is one of those weird things where you you like reached out and said, "Hey, I'm listening to the show, and I'm really enjoying it. Can I come on? Can I come on at some point?" Yeah, and I was like. What? Of course you can. Like you want to be on the <laughs> yeah, show. Why do you want to be here, <laughs> Morgan? Oh, oh, do you usually to
0: have to Shanghai people? Is oh, that? Cool. Well, oh yeah. Well, I mean, kidnap Shanghai. Whatever you want to. Yeah.
1: Usually we are, you know, reaching out to people saying, "Hey, we run the show. You know, like, would you, would you be interested?" And then the fact that you've listened to the show and still want to be on, yeah. it is well, yeah, even, even more of a, a an interesting thing for me. I
2: like <laughs> it quite a bit. You guys, you're very entertaining, <laughs> and uh, you know, who wants, who doesn't want a rundown of every movie that comes out? You guys are. <laughs> <laughs> believe <way> prolific. <laughs> we, are,
0: we are nothing if not stubborn um, in, in watching and talking about film.
1: But uh, but also, Morgan, you are a great person to talk about film as well, because we've worked together um, as editors in a, on a number of projects, but uh, but you are a, a director as well. Um, you have a fantastic short film called Ace, which I uh, I think I watched an early cut of, and I think it's available online now, right? It is.
2: You, you can find that at morgannichols.com. It's just up there as a sample of my work. But yeah, it was, uh, it was great. Great fun to do I shot it in New Jersey uh, in 2017, and we had a great run at festival circuits.
1: What well, uh, can you tell us what it's about? Because I, I have something really specific that I was like when I watched, that, I was very jealous of. Oh. that I wanted to that I want to talk <laughs> about in a second. But but just tell us what Ace is about. Well, I've been quite jealous of a <laughs> lot of your work as well, Shahir,
2: But um, Matt, I don't know if I've seen your
0: work. <laughs> oh, you don't want to. It's very underground. It's um, there's Basement. lots of lycra. Just you know, it's fine.
1: Basement level. <laughs> and that. Oh, oh it's right, yeah, right, right.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. great. Ace Ace is a, a couple. The teenagers, um, in that time after school when the parents aren't home from work yet, and like things can happen. I'm not sure I want to say too much more than that, but it's, um, it's two young women and, uh, some. A little bit of a mystery,
1: I think. I, I think you know the thing that'll be interesting in the conversation about Parasite is that there's a there's a class distinction in your film that is very evidently at play. Mm. Um, that's very important to the the text of the film. But the thing I was actually really jealous of two two things really. Uh, first is the the performances you get out of those two young girls. Is oh, incredible. wonderful, wonderful actors. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, really, really well cast as well. Oh, well, thank you so much. And. Um, and, well, and then the second thing was is that you had this thing that I think I'm just incapable of doing, and I've always wanted to be able to do, is which is that empathy. Uh, there's that <laughs> also not interrupting it, one of them, <laughs> um, but the other one was uh, patience. You demonstrated like there's a shot where where one of the teenagers goes to the door and kind of and you you play out the conversation the single take and uh, and as I was watching it, I was just like, this is demonstrating such a degree of patience <laughs> and like and like trust in the audience that I was like, I was just very jealous of while I was watching it.
2: Oh, thanks. I do. I do sometimes like to slow a movie down. That is for sure. That yeah. is for sure. So Strangely, uh, our work at uh, Viacom MTV, they rarely let us do that. Yeah, that is um, true. But in my own work, I do like that like slow, slow moment now and then used correctly yeah. it can really draw people in I think
1: I think it's just a demonstration as well of like uh, faith in the audience and like you know like, uh, cause, because I think I, I'm always like I have this sort of like panicky quality which is like I, if I'm if something's not happening at this exact moment you're kind of like feel like you might be losing the audience right, but, right. but I, I was just like when I watched it I was like oh man that's good well but are you like that <laughs> as a as a viewer do you get impatient no no is no, it like, like exactly. I can I can watch like very slow movies right on Um. so speaking of which in terms of the movies you like uh well what kind of you know like you're a film you've got a feature project that i know you've you've been developing for Mm -hmm, a little bit yeah yeah. what what is the what is the kind of cinematic experiences that draw you in oh my goodness well there's certainly not necessarily what i
2: want to do what i love is not always what i want to do but um part of the reason that i'm so excited to be here for parasite is because i'm a huge huge lover of the films of alfred hitchcock Mm -hmm. as um mr bong john hugh oh it's obviously also Mm -hmm. um and then uh I, I, geez, I love, I love Robert Altman. I love I've, my latest crush um, has been uh, going back and seeing all these old Lena Wertmuller films. Lena the, She's the okay. Italian filmmaker, and she first pinged my radar when I realized she was the first woman ever di- nominated for a Best Directing Oscar. Okay. And it was for a German language film. Okay. And yeah. I was like, well, how how good must that movie be? Yeah. Um, and it's it's uh it's called The Seven Beauties, and it's freaking unbelievable but anyway she helped me put a lot of Fellini into context and I I I highly recommend you probably know Swept Away that's probably oh yeah the the original not the the Guy Ritchie remake not the Madonna Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 Um anyway, I'm super into her lately. I've been into Lynn Ramsey a lot. Uh, lately. Yeah. I just
1: watched Ratch Catcher for the first time the other yes, the other it's night. It's incredible. It is amazing, right?
2: Her opening Im- like she's so good at first image, which yeah. is something I really love. Mm. Like when a movie's first image yeah. tells the story or encapsulates something. Yeah. Man, I think it's it's a little boy wound in a in a sheer um uh yeah. curtain. Yeah. And then he walks away, and you slowly watch the sheer curtain, curtain unravel as yeah. the boy disappears in the movie. And the, and the like, <laughs> how long it takes for that to unravel in the lives of the people. It's like, wow, that's all in that first image, you know? It's, it's it, incredible. Did you
1: see we need to talk about Kevin as well? I did. Yeah, and the curtain yeah. shot and that, you know, like the the sort of peering through that curtain until we reveal, well, the film doesn't give away what is behind that curtain right. until the end of the film, but it kind of reminds me of that as well.
2: Yeah, she is really quite a filmmaker. You,
1: are, you, are you ever disappointed of the fact that she didn't get to do Heavenly Creatures? That was like the big story with her. Is
2: that true? That she <laughs> She should have,
1: she was she like, was, she was up to do Heavenly Creatures? Uh, sorry, not Heavenly Creatures, The oh. Lovely Bones, The Lovely Bones. Oh, oh. no, I didn't see it, so I, I don't know. Well, she was working on The Lovely Bones for the longest period of time and then it was kind of taken away from her um, or, you know, like the rights kind of reverted yeah, to Peter Jackson. Yeah, that happens. Yes, um, I, I don't know. I didn't see it. Yeah. I like Peter Jackson
2: too, but I, you know, I feel like you're hiring Lim Ramsey. I'm not sure you want a huge fan base for the novel. Yeah, because she's not gonna do it the way the. I mean, like that's clear. She's yeah. not gonna. She's she's kind of an, an art filmmaker. It's like she's. Not, <laughs> I, I don't know if I would if I was a studio, be like, yes, they're gonna, she's gonna deliver the lovely bones that audiences are demanding, you know? Yeah. I'm not sure she's that person, which is to her credit, frankly. Yes, yeah. you know,
0: she's a little higher level than that in a way. Uh, she's extraordinary, yeah. Something I was trying to think of, just our, our sort of shared history of of the MTV world. Yeah. Um, and This is just sort of a personal question that popped in my head the second you walked in the door and I forgot to ask you before the show started, so I'm gonna do it now. Um, uh, uh, When was the last time that the three of us worked on the same project? Were mm. you in
1: Austin for the? Did we go to South by Southwest? I've never been. Years?
0: I've never done the South by Southwest show. Okay, oh, yeah. that was the only you. Uh, have There's, we yeah. done the EMAs at some point together? Did we do the EMAs? I'm not have sure. Have you done the EMAs? I, I don't feel like you did. Did they ever fly to Europe to go to some no, random I've thing? No, never. Okay, They've never flown to Europe. Um <laughs> I'm sure we, we The Woody p- Awards? Probably. Oh, yeah. So, like so let's yeah, go with the Woody, Woody Awards. awards. <laughs> uh, 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 well, that's at that's South
1: by Southwest. That's what well, it, it
0: used to be. It used right,
2: but it wasn't wait, no, always. Uh, yeah,
0: it was the, at the end of the Woody Awards was an independent, uh, sort of like the, I, I'm not independent, but like the up and coming awards show because you literally got a block of wood that MTV did for a while. Right. Um, it w- used to be in New York and then they eventually moved it to South by Southwest. Right. Um, okay, sorry. That was just bugging me because I was like, I know we've all like run around between edits together trying yep. to figure out how to get done you, mm-hmm. in, when you were talking about like how oftentimes where we work we have to cut fast and and yeah. we can't like actually. Well, granted, it's the material that you don't really want to linger on the stuff that we're doing, <laughs> but it's like... I mean, let's not denigrate our co-workers. Oh, I'm not denigrating yeah. our coworkers. I'm saying MTV is not known for shooting its long and methodical shots that it needs to uh, let Good breathe. Good point. Yes. Uh, there's Good point. a certain style they ask for us and and we, we deliver. That's true. That goes all the way back to Martha Quinn. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So uh, we also have a bunch of emails this week to talk about uh, uh, things that are going around in the ether, uh, particularly the conversation that will never die about the definition of the word Unnecessary. I don't know if you heard that episode yet. No. no okay. No, I'll, 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 oh, the,
2: buckle, have, buckle up. Buckle Wait a up. Second. Unnecessary is a. It needs a definitional.
0: It, we won't get into <laughs> it. Right, again. Don't get into Listen it. Listen to the All episode. Right. and yeah. uh, Then we the can right go from place. there. Okay,
1: but also, cool. what's happening right now is we have a Twitter poll uh, up for what will be our movie next week, and it's uh, currently a choice between Doctor Sleep, the 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 mm. new uh, adaptation of the Stephen King novel, which sequel to The Shining, and uh, Terminator Dark Fate, the new uh, sequel to Terminator 2, ignoring the last three that had happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, and currently, uh, as of this recording... I think Dr. Sleep's winning. Dr. Sleep is at 63%, uh, and Terminator Dark Fate is at 38%. Morgan, which, where would you land on that? What, what would you want us oh, to Oh, I just... would
2: definitely be in Dr. Sleep. But honestly, I'm... Ah, only because I just can't... It's hard for me to believe that a good, there's going to be a good Terminator movie at this point. Like, yeah. that's just... Mm-hmm. I'm like, I kind of feel like that ship sailed. But... Um, But I also have to say I'm a little uncomfortable with people making sequels to Stanley Kubrick movies. (laughs) You know, like, that's also a little weird. Like, would they do a sequel to Eyes Wide Shut? (laughs)
1: Uh, Eventually
0: eventually they will. I will will. see it,
2: but I'm not sure I will root for it. Full
1: Metal Jacket (laughs) 2? More jackets? I still
0: stand by the fact that Terminator Genesis had a good first third. And then it gets real bad. Well, well, Uh, you'll enjoy
1: this first email. Here we go. Take it from Will. (laughs) All
0: right, Will writes us in and says, The supreme awfulness... And box office failure of Terminator 6, probably one of the most disappointing (laughs) movies I've ever seen, is the ultimate vindication for diehard Genesis fans like me, if any others exist. Well, a third of one exists, Will, and it's me. Uh, He continues, since sending you this email below in 2017, I watched Genesis like three more times. Uh, Awesome movie. They should just have made the sequel. Uh, (laughs) Couldn't have performed
1: worse than Dark Fate. So Will has been reaching out to us uh, ever since uh, Terminator it's, it's in, i think Terminator Genesis might have been one of our first it was like a, the 5th episode or something, something like that yeah along. um so i am I'm, I'm not in the camp of uh doing uh, terminator dark fate not not look here's the thing here's my thing with dark fate is that i would happily just see that movie i'm so i have i have such a lack of goodwill for the franchise <laughs> at this point that i i can't muster the energy to want to discuss it so uh, I, mm-hmm. I i'll happily see it I if it's like on Netflix, Here, I would watch it.
0: Here's the kicker for me. I want to discuss it because I want to discuss more so the franchise and how we've how we've gotten to where we go, depending on what this movie does or does not do. There's something interesting about beating a dead horse like this, <laughs> sure. but there's there's aspects of it's almost like beating a dead horse that like every once in a while you think it's alive again, like, and you're yep. tricked for a good five minutes yep. to be like, this horse is alive. And then like, you try to ride it and it falls over. But <laughs> like, I, and also because we did Genesis, because we've done we Terminator, did Terminator 2, 2, like, I do feel like a, a little bit of our podcast, is there certain film franchises I feel like our podcast, like, yeah sh- should do. Now, granted, we actually were just talking before this episode started and we mentioned how there are, so many good films coming up before the end of the year yeah, yeah. and so that's there's there's almost too many uh if that if such a thing could exist so for that reason i I, I don't know if we if it doesn't win the poll then I don't know if we will have time to do Dark Fate. That doesn't mean I won't see it and bring it up, but at the same time there's too much good stuff
1: coming out. This is out. this is my point. There's mm. too many good movies coming out and here's and here's the thing. If you if if someone has fed you a shit sandwich 3 times in a row, <laughs> is like do you want to just go back to the well and go, "Well, maybe it'll be good this time?" You know, like I'm just I'm just saying there's other good stuff around. Well, I do. Why bother going back?
0: Well, because this time rather than just getting paid to say that uh, it's a spiritual successor by James Cameron. This time they paid him to say he was a producer and to say this is the spiritual successor f- uh, from James Cameron. Nice. So, um, no, I kid. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for Arnold and uh, Linda Hamilton coming back is actually a huge draw That's for big. me. That, that um, is big. Yeah. and to see them together again because Terminator Two was one of my formulative seminal movies, uh, and I still stand by probably the best action movie of all time. Um, that 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 concept to me. Sold me. Plus, I will say, and I know you don't watch trailers, she here. But the, the first one where they redid the mediocre 30 seconds the Mars song, uh, The Hunter, and they they did it. I don't know who did the cover, but uh, the, the trailer is highly effective to that song. Mm. And that does not mean the movie is good by any means of the imagination. But when I saw that trailer, and I saw it a lot, I would continually get excited. And it's a lot to do with the music and the way they used it, because the big action sequences in that trailer kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> so there's – it's a – It's like, I want to see how long we can get the horse alive. I think that's why I'm interested in it, but... I don't know if we'll get to it.
1: No. Um, uh, so uh, we will. Uh, that that poll will close shortly. Uh, so it's no point in Quick, telling I, you to pr- everyone vote. Everyone you, everyone sh- this. isn't live.
0: Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: uh, in terms, of, yeah. Again, back to a debate that will not die. And there's, we've got a few emails about this one that is still to be read. Uh, we'll spread these out over the next few weeks. But if anyone listened to our El Camino episode, the fray, the the word unnecessary became uh, contentious. And uh, this is from Luke, uh, who wrote uh, wrote us in on Facebook. Uh, I. I love the detour down the semantic highway. I totally agree with Matt, though. Wow. The word unnecessary by itself has a negative connotation. If I say something is unnecessary, then I am saying that provide that thing provides no value. You, you, and I presume he means me, said uh, El Camino was unnecessary. Matt tried to get clarification on the context because no co- given con, uh, not giving context to the word seems strange, given that you were saying previously about the movie El Camino was unnecessary versus El Camino was unnecessary to the world of Breaking Bad. Irregardless, I love the podcast, and uh, people love it. Love <laughs> drama and picking sides, so I'm sure uh, <laughs> we didn't mind your 10 minute argument. Uh, first time writing, by the way, found you guys through Matt being a guest caller on the Angry Chicken podcast. Holy, a few years ago. holy,
0: <laughs> Luke! <laughs> wow, I did so. Uh, okay, well, let's get into Luke's thing first, but, yeah. or a second, but the, the, so there's a beautiful podcast uh, by Garrett Weinzerl and Jocelyn Moffat, or Jocelyn Kearney now she she got married. Uh, about the the video game Hearthstone, it's a digital card game. Mm-hmm. Um, that I've listened to and been a patron of for years. And they used to have this thing where you could call in and just talk to them and ask questions. And when we – and they did – it's a – basically they were a mid-tier podcast when I started listening to them, and we were just starting out. So I, you could go in and like – they had like caller episodes, so I could call in and chat with them for a bit and ask them questions. And I asked them a Hearthstone question, but normally (laughs) I asked them podcasting questions because I was interested. Like they they were – Uh, a bit of an inspiration to style-wise and stuff like that. So I find it amazing, and I'm very happy that Luke found us through – Randomly obscure times of me telling tales of playing Hearthstone in a Bronx Dunkin' Donuts, like <laughs> right, it's right. it's crazy. Um, Luke, you did nail a, a lot of what I was feeling in that discussion uh, with sort of the the intrinsic negative connotation when that word is, does not have clarification. So uh, you 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 actually kind of worded it way better than I
1: did, I think. Um, I'm so, not. I I uh, am kind of on a refusing to open this conversation. We won't. Up again. We won't. But I'm just. I, I you know. <laughs> just just on principle, of course, I don't want to have this conversation of course. Uh, anymore. But
0: thank you, Luke, for writing in. Thank you, Luke. Much appreciated.
1: Uh, All right, let's close us off with long-time friend of the show, Laura. Uh, Laura wrote a beautifully long-winded email in her her own words, uh, which described her experience of seeing Parasite Mm -hmm. at the Cannes Film Festival. Was it Cannes? Uh, I'll have to double-check that. Laura, write us back in and tell me if it was Cannes (laughs) or Toronto. I can't quite recall right now, Mm -hmm. but it was a really impressive story because basically it went into detail about how, just as she was about to sit down to watch Parasite. She got an email notification that her Facebook password had been changed. Oh no, and and that you know, it's like she suddenly realized that she was about that she was being hacked at you know in real time. That's a nightmare. Um, Just give them the disc and they'll give you your life back. (laughs) But then the 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 lights went dim and the movie started playing. And she described how the movie was good enough to 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 quell her anxiety about that for at least uh, about being hacked for at least two hours. Wow! And she writes incredible film with an incredible experience. And for whatever reason, a Australia got quite an early release of it after Cannes, so it was great to share the experience uh, with my friends and without the added hack stress. Uh, A lot of films I saw at Cannes I would recommend, but aren't for everyone. I recommend Parasite, to everyone though even if it takes a lot of convincing I don't know anyone who hasn't come uh, out of it at least enjoying the experience uh, sorry if this was too long read, uh, to read on the pod we did abbreviate it thank you Laura uh, Never we uh, you can never send us too long an email we really appreciate that um, and she uh, ends with this question have you guys been to any of the big festivals uh, I'm basically just basing my travels off going to them and it's such an addictive experience do you guys go to any of the big festivals just to watch movies Morgan?
2: oh no, no certainly not no yeah. no no. I you? have a policy. I don't go to a film festival
1: unless I'm playing
2: there. Ah! This is, which means I've been to no <laughs> film festival. No!
1: <laughs> I, I have exactly the same thing, which is that I'm like, I'm not going to go to Cannes. I'm not going to go to Sundance unless I have a film in those festivals. Right, right, right. right
0: I like right. I like going to smaller festivals. I don't like definitely travel. I haven't been to any of the big ones, and I don't plan to travel around them, obviously. But like, you know, uh, Carly Carly Houston uh, from uh, the, the Captain Marvel series, when she had a short film playing, even though she wasn't even, she was in L.A., but her short film was playing in Queens. And I was like, oh, I'll go to this film festival. You. Carly I think have I, you I met- think I do yeah so like uh, it, you know I'll do those uh, yeah. and I like small I like small film festivals where I have like one film where I know the p- person or persons involved oh yeah and then yeah. you get to like you'll normally in that situation if there's like six films you'll you'll probably like the the one that your mm. your friend did or your acquaintance did but then also there'll be like one that you really hate and one that you really love like outside there's always like run the gamut for me there's like a bell curve you know uh, what the worst
1: thing about going to festivals is is that mm. you'll end up in a party talking. To the person whose film you really hate. Uh, and that's always like a <laughs> right. really interesting conversation. You know, like, has that happened to you? Oh, of course. Oh, All no. Time. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh,
2: well, I'll tell you, I, I like going to the smaller film festivals um, mostly because the movies that I think I would see at Cannes or South by, I, I'm going to see those anyway yeah, exactly. when they're widely released. Mm. Um, but you go to a little film festival and you're going to see stuff that you would never ever get the chance to yeah. see again. And, and I I have, have many movies in my brain that I can never forget that I only got to see because I happened to be, you know, at tall grass in Wichita, Kansas, you know, and then that I got to see like an incredible film that I'll never get to see again. And, yeah. You know, that's. It's, it's- fun. I oh, think yeah. also you get, you get go to, to your see, local film festival. Go to your local people. film festival. Jeez, yeah, um, it's incredible.
1: You know what's really funny is I'm missing a local documentary film festival tonight where a friend of mine's film is screening just so I could do this podcast. Uh, and I'm feeling like, and as soon as you mentioned like it's nice to see your friends' films, I'm like I'm feeling really bad right oh, now. Oh, so, uh, apologies to here. Jimmy Ferguson. <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> understands. Jimmy <laughs> understands. We got to talk about Parasite. Uh, I'm so excited to talk about Parasite. To bring it back to to one of uh, probably a project that either uh, we all worked on, but it there was a point at which I'm not going to name the. the award show that uh that uh w- one or few of us have been part of but there was a point at which they were awarding the best new filmmaker award <laughs> and uh and uh this was like a point at which where I like I firmly put on my nerd hat and like you know like pushed up my glasses because Bong Joon-ho was was nominated for best new filmmaker and I thought and I was like I I had to write to the <laughs> higher-ups and be like you realize this is kind of an insult. <laughs> I remember right. you telling me that. <laughs> because because Bong Joon-ho is not a first-time filmmaker. Right. He is the highest-grossing Korean filmmaker of all time. It'd be like writing... It'd be like, uh, imagine another country giving a Best New Filmmaker award to, to I don't know, uh, Michael Bay or something like right, that. Right, right, you know? Soderbergh. Uh, yeah. Um, w- 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 <laughs> I'm not going ga- I'm, I'm ga- to... Oh, what movie? Yeah, was it for the host? No, it was for Snow Snowpiercer. Piercer. Oh, yeah, uh, and oh, I, was, wow. I was, I was, I, I. It was such a sort of strange moment, but I, but I think Snowpiercer is a film that a lot of people got to know who Bong Joon Ho was uh, uh, off the back of, and that was their yes. kind of rationale. But it, sure. it's, it's also um, one of the most. I think it's his least favorite of his films because it was butchered so much during the release of it. It's my uh, least favorite. Well, maybe it's, it's your know. least favorite of his films. Absolutely. Oh wow. Yeah, okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, for sure. And
0: maybe the award was best new filmmaker working with Chris Evans. Might have, been. Yeah. Might have been. Might have been.
1: Might have been. So
0: we, I actually had a dinner party about two days ago, uh, or not a party, it was only one other couple, but the, <laughs> we, we had a party uh, that we talked about Snowpiercer, oh. and uh, multiple people did not like Snowpiercer, uh, two of the four, and we got into a little bit of discussion about it, and I remember liking Snowpiercer and being very fond of Snowpiercer, and when they brought up they're like um the person i was talking to was like uh was about to bring up criticisms and i had already had a bottle and a half of wine so i was like if you fucking talk about train physics right now i'm going to <laughs> punch you in the throat and uh it was not about it was not about train physics it was about the the the, the other parts of the film that sort of like didn't work for them like story wise like you know the i not i don't want to spoil snowpiercer but the way that like uh, the the classes and the different trains interacted and, like why certain things happened they said didn't line up and it had been a while since I'd seen it so I couldn't actively defend against mm, any of those yeah, things and yeah. I don't remember that's if they made sense you or not. Before.
1: What was your What was your defense? I was,
0: th- <laughs> no, I just I mean I liked it but I couldn't defend something that I didn't remember the plot points of. I just remember <laughs> yeah, liking it. Right, exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't care about whether those things line up. Actually, that's fine, yeah. and I don't care like. About train physics, Mm. that would never make be a a negative for a movie for me because they're all you know, I think they're dreams, yeah. So, like, anything can happen in a movie, I'm a okay, but uh, yeah, it's just not my kind of movie compared to a lot of his other work, Mm. yeah, you know, like compared to something like Mother or Memories of Murder, like you know, I I mean, I'm just more down for that, even The Host, which is a monster movie, you know, kind of in the same B genre as like, but I, I just I'm more of a monster movie fan than a Train race, <laughs> train movie. class, social class movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it was an action movie. It was. I bottom think. Line, I, I and, think and that's though, like, not one of my best fun genres.
1: What was interesting about it? The reason I liked it is I, I felt like he had managed to bring into uh, ostensibly a Western action movie his political concerns, yep. you know, mm-hmm. with, with a clear voice. And I th- and I think the film was a lot sharper and weirder than people were expecting. Oh yeah. Um, they, yeah. And he was able to get away with. It. And I think the maybe the fact is, is you know again he's the highest grossing you know like his film uh, the host was the highest grossing Korean film of all time for the long. Period of I time. saw him three times in the theaters, and nice. it's
2: miraculous. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: incredible. You know, like uh, the, the the way people describe it as jaws of uh, you know of uh, South Asia. Oh, really? Um, wow. Yeah, and, yeah. and 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 uh, and and not undeserving of its own, I think uh, Bong Joon Ho has been aptly con- uh, compared to both Spielberg and Hitchcock, mm. um, oh, yeah. which I think is fair. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, the only film of his I haven't seen is Barking Dogs Never Bite, uh, which is his first his that, debut I mean. film. But Memories of Murder is a movie that I'm always excited to recommend to people, especially. People who love uh, things like uh, who love true crime movies and love yeah. Zodiac, you know, people who yeah. lo- who like Zodiac, you're know, I was like, Where will you get a load of this <laughs> uh, memories. I, and like, I, I I bought a Blu-ray of Memories of Murder from South Korea, which only has South Korean menus in it. Uh, but it's kind of Tricky. a rare commodity now because I think that movie is very difficult to get on Blu-ray. Yeah, uh, there's no Western Blu-ray of that movie. Um, oh. Is really. it region? Do you have region three? It's a it's an all region oh. DVD, uh, Blu-ray, um, and it has a commentary and everything on it, but. It's like it, it, the whole huh. the whole blu-ray is in is authored in south korean yeah um yeah.
0: all my all my korean all my south korean films are all region locked i used to have the chaton uh, region free dvd player nice that i used to rock with in college
2: i had i have a i have a i've got one for one movie which one i needed to see eyes wide shut without the digitally added oh, people covering right. the sex Ah. Yeah.
1: It's a different film, <laughs> really.
2: Is it, is it really? Kind of is. So at least that part of it is radically different. Yeah.
1: Of course, of course, yeah. That's a well. That's a great movie in terms of dream logic as well. Right. Well, sure. Um, but but uh, coming back to *Parasite*, *Parasite* yes. won the uh, the Palme d'Or at Cannes Film Festival, which Laura was lucky enough to attend to yeah. see. Yeah. Um, we should get Laura to write into us, as she you know, like we had Annie Gillis uh, uh, report into us from Toronto. We should just like have oh, an army, oh, have an army lo- of people like out there reporting to us from film festivals at this yeah, point. I yeah. like this. Listeners, if you're going to film festivals, and specifically Laura, if you <laughs> want to
0: record uh, small little bits about the films you've seen, send them to OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com. Uh, don't tweet us the audio files. That wouldn't make sense. But if anyone else wants to talk to us about film festivals, you can email us there. You can tweet us at OnlyMoviePod. Laura, do that. Send send us. Do, do some work for us. <laughs> for free. For free. <laughs> for free. Don't get, I mean, you'll get credit with us praising you um, for on this podcast where, uh, let me tell you, podcasting, incredibly lucrative. Um, <laughs> well, I can tell. Yeah, I mean, look around you, Morgan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the untold riches of uh, of our world. You have um, post its in four different colors. I do. I do. But so. Morgan, you were excited to talk about this film. Had you seen oh, it when yeah. you reached out to us, or was it just something you were excited to see in general?
2: N- no, I. I mean, you know, like after his recent films, like Alja you know, and yeah, and, no and I mean, you don't watch trailers, but <laughs> boy, oh boy, this was a trailer that made you kind of fall apart. I mean, right. It's really, and so I I uh, I I knew immediately, I was like, well, that would be a great one. The thing is, I have a 13-month-old daughter, so yeah. I don't get to go see movies mm. so often. Yeah. So it's not like I could just see lots of movies and then whichever one. So once I identify that that's a movie I'm actually going to get out and see, then I'm like, better call the guys and see if they <laughs> let me on. Um, so that was, that was it. But now I've seen it twice, and I saw Okja last night just to round out my, hey, had you not, I had seen, not seen Okja hey, before? Hey, I had not seen. Ah, did you? What
1: do okay. you think of Okja?
2: Um, you know, really wonderfully made. Same girl. Yeah, I did. Which I didn't. I didn't know that she was
1: a, a repeat actor for him. She, um, the the girl in the house, right, is the the, yes. the, the, the girl that's being tutored. Yes, is the yes. girl from Okja. also.
0: Fun fact: the maid in Parasite is, is the voice of Okja Oh, really? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Oh, um, anyway, I, uh, I, I quite, uh, I quite liked it. It's, um, you know, I'm not vegetarian. It certainly made me think about it. Yeah. Um, it's a powerful, powerful film from that point of view. Uh, and you know, it's just, he's, he's a delicious filmmaker. So it's, it's just lovely to watch
1: him work regardless of like the content in a lot of ways. What did you think of Parasite? Oh, well, Matt, actually, before you do that, what mm-hmm. can you tell us what Parasite's about? Oh, hundred percent, I can. Let me just pull up the old IMDB
0: because it's right here. All unemployed, Key takes family takes peculiar interest in the wealthy and glamorous parks for their livelihood until they get entangled in an unexpected incident.
1: Is it a peculiar interest? Uh,
0: no, this it's is, a very direct interest, yeah, is, uh, and it's un- an understandable interest.
2: I feel like most of the time when you guys read the IMDb descriptions, they're just perfectly concise and clear, and that one I don't think is. Yeah, it's no. like, first of all, when you say glamorous parks... People know we're not
1: talking about like Central Park, right? Right. The The parks are are a family. family, Well, I mean, the Korean, Korean name, the the name Park is a common Korean name. I'm just putting myself (laughs) in the listener's position,
2: which I've been in many times. Fair enough. I might have been a little confused, but yes, you know, unemployed family um, becomes embroiled with very well off family.
1: Yeah, it kind of it's almost like a um, uh, dirty rotten scoundrels for a little bit uh, as they're embroiling themselves within this family, and it is. I think the word you used uh, is is kind of perfectly after for that first thirty minutes of the movie, which is, is delicious. Oh, yeah. right! Like it is such yeah. an enjoyable watch. Seeing how Song Kang Ho's family embroil, embeds themselves into the Park's family, yes, is so wonderful to watch. It's so delightful. Yep. and yep. and yet and yet and funny and funny and funny. Yeah, yep. it's you know like and yet you you kind of know and i knew kind of watching it the first time as well i was like this is not the point of the film because mm. it's it's all kind of unfolding a little too quickly mm. and but it takes a while but i was like i'm kind of happy just watching this yeah what did, what did you think of the film just in general overall um, before we get into spoilers? I mean, I adored it. I thought it was
2: really, you know, one of those films that truly works on a lot of levels. I feel like when people say a movie works on a lot of levels, often what they mean is it's complex. Yeah, And I don't think that's exactly the right way to use that phrase. Like, to me, works on a lot of levels means you can watch it just on the level of this is a thriller or a, or a con movie, if right. you will, right? And it totally delivers and you can also look at it as an unbelievable cinematic metaphor for you know the class struggle globally and those two things kind of work almost independently I mean they're tied to each other yeah but you could imagine the artsiest art student in the world loving this movie just as much as a fan of dirty rotten scoundrels yeah. right yeah. like and that's what I mean by like working on multiple levels it really It's like a different movie depending on who you are watching it. It's
1: really – and it's, it's kind of incredible the the sort of word-of-mouth the uh, effect this film has been having is it was, it was sold out entirely for a weekend at uh, IFC in New York when it was released really like every single session every single seat was gone yeah um, and it was kind of an amazing thing because like IFC is the, like you know like the grungiest little theater in New yeah, York yeah um, but this film you know like there were lines around the block to see this film yeah um, and you know like the 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 sort of interesting conversation point that's been you know bandied about this film is uh whether it's in line for Best Foreign Film or Best Film in general. Oh, it's got to be Best Picture, doesn't it? It does, but here's the thing. South Korea's never had a film in Best Foreign Film, let alone a film in Best Film.
0: Might as well just, you know... Mm. Jump right in there. Well, yeah, and and I, and I, I agree. And Bong Joon Ho kind of said, you know,
1: like famously, uh, I've i mentioned this a couple of times in an interview. He was asked about like the film's prospects in the Oscar race, and he said, you know, it's kind of interesting that South Korea's never had a film and best foreign film, despite having submitted it over a while. And then he kind of likes. Like lightly turns to to the author and says, "You know, these Oscars really are a local competition, not an international one, <laughs> <That's pretty laughs> which I, which I, which is very very yeah. true." Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Matt, you just watched it this morning. What did uh, you've you've had the freshes? I've seen it twice now. Uh, Morgan's seen it twice. What do you what did you kind of like fresh? Fresh Prisons, your Rotten Tomatoes uh, well, rotten frish to- or not?
0: Rotten Tomatoes is a ninety-nine and a ninety-three, depending on the critics and the and the viewers. So that's Ooh, a that's real, a real, that's real, a real rare. Up. That's good. Um and I didn't know we were supposed to see it twice. <laughs> I have I've, the Regal Unlimited. I could have done that. I just
1: wanted to see it twice, to be <laughs> honest uh, with I
0: would have right. watched. No, so this is uh A, straight up, will be a film that I buy on Blu-ray and and revisit quite a bit because I like Morgan, like what you said, um I think that it... Uh, I, I like your sort of definition of like when something works on different levels and whatnot, this is all of those movies that you kind of, the the style of them, right? Like you can watch this as, uh, um I I was about to say heist. That's not quite correct, but like, um, uh, uh, a a trick or a con movie. You can watch it as a, as a, um, almost weirdly a suspense thriller. Oh, for sure. Mm. It was so enjoyable. I Shahir actually went into it having not watched the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um- which wow. uh, I think was was a beneficial in this case. I think I've determined why I like trailers sometimes and why I don't like trailers in others. I think because I what I want out of a film and what I want out of the discourse and the experience of the build up to it and then uh, the watching it are different for like big blockbusters and like Terminator Dark Fate or whatever, which is not a blockbuster because apparently it's doing terribly.
1: Um, <laughs> no blocks. Busted. Yeah, yeah. I, I, feel, I believe Parasite is made less money than Parasite. Parasite
0: is technically busting blocks in New York City as you describe people lighting up, whereas uh I think last Christmas is kicking the shit out of uh, Dark Fate. <laughs> which side note, I wanna see that movie. Oh, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson, yeah. uh is Let me put a it delight- this way
1: Parasite has made a hundred million dollars in its international hole right now, Dark Fate is made twenty nine. Hell not yeah. Not that that matters, but you know Well I, I think it matters to some people. Um but I will who, say who does it matter to the, that's not on the business side? I, I was talking about the business side. Okay. Uh
0: and and um I think there's a certain level of people that love the um in 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 film i won't say criticism film discussion film discourse mm. i feel like there's a group of people that definitely value monetary that, that will determine the monetary value as the value of a film and i don't think that's correct but i think a lot of uh situations sort of do that oh yeah um but Uh, this movie was delightful. Uh, I didn't quite know where it was going continually in a good way. Like it led you places and you started seeing things come together but it never held your hand and it always had the chance of turning into something different and then when it did you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Uh, Every piece of of acting and and cinematography and the music was gorgeous. Uh, Yeah, really? Yeah. uh, uh, Even, I knew I was in for a good audio treat when it first started um, when it was just During the very opening credits, uh, there was, I don't know if it was a wind chime or there was some tone, like, and it was happening, like, around you for a reason. It would would be, like, on the left side and the back then the left front then the front then the thing and thing. And then Uh... when it it was the first cut of the the, um, looking out the window of their basement apartment uh, before it was sort of of scrawled on the window. And I don't know what I I was trying to figure out, but then I was just engrossed with what was going on, what those chimes, like, represent, like, what they were supposed to be in that scene uh Mm. because there was no wind sort of well the window was open because then even in the trailer you kind of see that uh (laughs) they try to get free extermination when they're exterminating down the street (laughs) to get the bugs out of their apartment uh long story short this movie was great uh and i can't wait to spoil the shit out of it shahir what about you Uh, you said two times running what do you what do you got
1: so um there are certain things in movies that are just catnip for me (laughs) and uh Architecture is one of them. Oh yeah! yeah. Uh, thrillers are another, uh, and and the um, I think you know the the way to sort of try to try to eloquently describe how why this film works so well is the collusion between style and theme, and mm. and Bong Joon Ho has this remarkable uh, ability to to. Uh, and, and you know, it's the thing that makes Spielberg great. It's the thing that makes Fincher great, uh, but in very different ways. Which is, he knows exactly where to put the camera and when to cut at exactly the right moment mm-hmm. in order to heighten the thing that the film is actually about. And Memories of Murder is a you know great example of that. Um, I think Archer and Snowpiercer are all you know wonderful examples of this. This movie is so tightly constructed that and and and, and so well constructed within the confines of what the film is actually trying to talk about that you never feel construction uh, happening so you don't, it it was only the second time around where I was actually really trying to pay attention to the way that, you know, certain scenes were edited together Mm. that I really understood how well crafted this film is and it's never, it never, for a film that's 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 art directed and designed within an inch of its life. Yep, it never feels showy. You know, it never actually like. There's never a moment where the camera pulls back and does an incredible move, or the editing kind of slips and slides in sort of unusual ways. Or you know, not everything just feels so succinctly in place and so tightly. Tightly wound. It never flexes. It never flexes at all. Except the whole thing. Yeah, Yeah. 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 but then it lifts up a fucking
0: car. Exactly. uh, Yes. (laughs)
1: It never flexes, but it lifts up a car. Exactly. Right. And the thing you know, like I'm so excited about is, and and, you know, I actually there's a question I had for you, Matt, which was uh, you know the fact that you didn't watch the trailer for this. Mm. I'm curious why you didn't watch the trailer for this. Not, not to um, be honest, and uh, because I think I know what the answer Mm. is, and and I'm I'm sort of. You know, because the, the the thing that I was thinking about, you know, maybe in relation to our Terminator Dark Fate conversation as well, is like, uh, and, and to Laura's point as well, I can't imagine anyone watching this. And not thinking it's a work of genius, like I, it, yeah, it, it's it's effortlessly entertaining as well as thematically rich, yeah, and 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 and, and works, profound and profound and and works on a multitude of layers. Now we might be sort of like blowing a lot of smoke up its ass and saying that this is the 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 sickening coming of cinema at this point, yeah. But it really we're the, not alone. But but the the <laughs> reason that I think that 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 is an exciting moment is because of the fact that it is it is all of those things as well as being such an incredibly watchable movie. Yeah, you know like there is not a moment in this movie where people aren't engaged in what's happening on the screen and and the most profound thing to me was uh there's a w- we'll we'll sort of get to it in spoilers but there's a moment at which uh something devastating happens and it begins as a comedic moment to the point where I was actually I actually laughed burst out laughing when yep. the moment began and then it quickly turns into something that's uh horrifying mm-hmm. and and like i recoiled in my seat immediately and I, I was like i was just on the hunt for that for that moment uh, the second viewing around and i was uh, when it happened the when i was watching the second time around i was like looking to everybody else in the audience to see if, if that happened and without a doubt Everybody in the audience burst out laughing at exactly the right moment yep. and then released that moment and like recoiled yep. in horror when they saw what what that moment actually meant.
2: What's amazing <laughs> is that I can think of at least two moments right that are jumping to my head that
1: could, could, could be, be your what moment. you're talking about. Could be what I'm so talking about. So there's
2: like more than one that functioned yeah. that way. Yeah. yeah.
1: This, this movie... Um, uh, is is cinematically perfect as I thought Roma was, but infinitely watchable as I think anyone who wants to see Terminator: Dark Fate and get the sort of the the thrills that you would get out of that film uh, in in the theater in the cinematic experience that you will get here. Well, uh, what was
0: your question? You had my a, question, oh,
1: my, my question was really like, why didn't you watch the trailer? Because you're a person that watches trailers. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it for whatever reason, how it sort of functioned for me, it never popped up in a theater when I was there, um, and then also it was not something that. Was on my radar to be honest before it started hitting festival circuit stuff. Um, and it, normally the trailer stuff that I do watch is either in front of a movie, which if it's a you know a, a, a dumb action movie or a good action movie, there's other mm-hmm. movies in that genre. Like it just never crossed into my
1: purview. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, and and I, I guess the only thing I w- I'm sort of interested there is that I think if you had watched the trailer for the movie, I think you would have been you would get really excited about this movie. Or potentially, or I, that's what I'm not sure about is in terms of like whether the the people who don't think that they would go see a South Korean film in the theater are aware or may be aware of how entertaining this film is, like sure. how wonderfully entertaining. If that if that's the only thing you're looking for in a movie,
0: I mean the uh, I've been wa- I mean the the I, I can't really answer that because I've been watching South Korean films since t- 2003. Yeah, um, but I I will say that I think. I watched the trailer afterward. And yeah. what I something that you talk about a bunch of here that I really agreed with in this particular point was uh because I didn't watch the trailer, I didn't know any of the I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know that and so now we'll great. sort of start getting into minor spoilers as we go, but um that the whole family after the the son gets a job with the rich family, the whole family gets a job with the rich family. Right. And to do that and that sort of thing, piecing it together, was such a fun discovery for me. Yeah. Um and also so the reason I watch trailers is to get hyped or make judgments. Right. I mean, that's kind of you're you're judging a film based on that, which is not smart because you can make a great trailer for a shitty movie or a shitty trailer for a great movie or mediocre all the way through. So you never quite know. Yeah. So um, like when it comes to Terminator Dark Fate, Terminator is a franchise whose actors and characters that I that I love. So I when I hear there's a new Terminator movie, I'm like, oh, I want to watch the trailer because I want to see bits of it. Uh, kind of knowing that it's probably going to be bad, but maybe <laughs> the trailer will be good and then maybe it'll get me excited or I'll be hopefully optimistic or whatever it is. When it comes to a film that like I um, hear about through word of mouth that is not a franchise, that is not um, a, a known property to me with known characters or like whatever, something like that, I do enjoy sort of, because I have no pre- pre-existing notions of Mm -hmm. it um it's a freer experience because like for instance if i didn't watch the the trailer for terminator dark fate i would have heard that you know linda hamilton and arnold were in it uh but like i probably wouldn't be excited to see it at all still like i do think the trailer did its job right i don't know it's it's it this time it was just sort of a happenstance, but if I can break it down that much, I think that's kind of what it is. It's if if it's a known property to me, I will hunt the trailer down. If it's not, then I like I do like going in blind. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So let's get into spoilers now, specifically because I think, uh, I mean, on a broad, broad sense, we obviously all love the film. On a on the even broader sense, this is a movie about uh, uh, that that has the the sort of unique things that Bong Joon Ho has always been interested about, which is class distinction and the and the divide between social classes um, uh, embedded within it. So it, there, there's nothing unexpected on that front. In fact, that that is essentially what the first. Fifteen minutes of this movie is literally laying the groundwork for, but it is ultimately so surprising in terms of what it does with that singular idea. In both making, uh, in many ways, a socially conscious thriller, but one that is also profoundly entertaining and playful mm-hmm. with the idea of, yeah. of of unequal social classes, um, which yeah. is obviously a fairly serious topic. You know, it's a, if if we're if we're in the. Uh, if we're in Bernie's world for the Democratic nominations in America this year, um, this is going to probably be the forefront of what everyone is talking about. We're in a very eat-the-rich kind of moment in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but this movie is so delightfully playful with that idea and willing to push that idea so much further than I think any conversation I think I've ever had about it is. Uh, d- define push the idea farther. So the idea... Okay, so we're to spoilers now, but yeah. the idea is Great. that there is a, a a sort of a family that live many times throughout this film. Uh, the the Kiteks family, Takes family, are are uh, presented as being almost underground dwellers. I, I often think about them. Do, do you guys used to watch Futurama? Yeah, of uh, course. You know, do you remember the thing about Leela's parents? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yes. I kind of I was just always just remembering Leela's parents when I was <laughs> thinking about this family. Sure. But then what the, it does is that live in the in yeah, the sewer. Yeah, there's this underground culture like and an un- entirely underground society that lives you know like that that is that is pushed to one side that is at at best like the metaphor in the house yep. uh, completely uh walled off through a garden of trees you know like like right. we don't see them yeah. um but then the film kind of the 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 second act turning point of this film is the reveal that there is yet Another family yeah. uh, that lives beneath the house itself, and that that family has been dwelling underneath this house as well. And and this the the thing that I think is playful and further explored in this film than you know like in in, in a dramatic way that that I think you don't get out of like just talking about in a you know social inequality is the idea of the war between classes within themselves. So it's these two families, these yeah. two poor families, that are essentially like vying. And this is this is this is what I think is so great about this well, is that this is about Two families not trying to steal the park's money. They're not trying to steal the house. No, no. They're just trying to get jobs to work for <laughs> them. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're, they're working for hard. Em- they're yeah, they're doing the for job. Employment. Yeah, you know, like, and that's that's this sort of like weirdly profound idea, you know, because the you know if we think about social class in films, you know, we're thinking about like sort of uh, you know uh, an almost Marxist kind of approach, which is the the counter revolutionary, you know, proletariats are going to eventually rise up. You know, that's right. the, You know, that's the the sort of prevailing idea for doing social class in films. But, but this is not that. This is about like trying to just actually live within that system, right? Um, And that's why I think and and. It plays it out dramatically. Like it's not anyone. No one's ever talking about this in the film. It just oh play, no! Yeah, you know, like that's what I really. No one dislike. talks about class. No
2: one. You talks. don't even get a sense that anybody's thinking about class. They're only <laughs> thinking about themselves.
0: There yeah. was one or two moments where they,
1: where the characters do actually talk about it. And namely, um, the mother talks about the the rich being uh, the uh, rich having right. all the creases ironed out of them. And yes. also,
0: and also, um, the uh, the smell thing that comes back and forth. About there was a couple lines about like, oh, people that ride the subway have a specific smell. <laughs> Yes. Like there, there's, there's, right. there's, but but small even that, bits. Even,
1: even that is played out dramatically, right? Like, like the smell thing is actually. Well, it's a it's, pl- plot it's a, point. It's a, it's a dramatic plot point. It's like a, it matters yeah. to. It's not just someone talking about. Oh, this is the social classes. They're, yeah. they're actually talking no, no. about something that's really it's, important to how the film's going to play it's out. It's not a yeah.
0: throwaway whatsoever. I, no. uh, I just. But they, they do actually. There's. Probably maybe three moments in the film no, to, character right, to do but it, but right. it all feels natural. It all feels like it's correct in what these characters would actually be talking to each other about in these scenarios.
2: Yes. Let me put it this way. Nobody's fighting a class war.
0: Yeah. No. Right? So that was, that was, that's a a good point because I, upon, after watching it, I read a bunch of articles and, and everyone's talking about how like the it, this movie is about class Mm-hmm. I don't know if it is. Ooh, okay. I think class is used as a backdrop, mm-hmm. but but it. While this does show us mm-hmm. the the, the disparities in the class, and even even between the two lower class families that you described you here, um, I don't know if this. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's because I haven't seen it twice, and I I might get this the second time. But right now, and I'm not. And you might both even just be able to convince me, and I'll be like, oh, aha! Um, I don't. I I don't have the thing about, like, I don't think this movie, how do I put it? It's point isn't the class thing. It's just something, it's a tool tool in his toolbox
1: that he uses. Mm -hmm. What do you think the title means? Mm. Hmm. well, I would two say different that, families, but because I would say that's the that's the pointed note about what class the way he's using class in this and the way this is a story about class.
0: Sure, but it's about this is this is the weird thing. Like, I right now I just feel it's a, it's a story about these people, and of course class plays a part in it. But mm-hmm. like even the way it sort of plays out, we'll get to the ending eventually. A hundred percent, the title makes yeah. that sort of class distinction sense, but like. It didn't say anything about class. It it used class as a backdrop.
1: I I think. What, look, the, my oh
0: sorry, Morgan. Go well, ahead. let me let me take a swing. Yeah. Um, when you say
2: I don't think that's the point, I I kind of agree in the sense that I don't think it's intellectually about class. I think for me, what it was was very emotionally about class. Okay. Like there were depictions of things that like you know like when their house gets flooded. Yeah. That is so so visceral that like more than any film I've ever seen, there's lots of movies that say they're about class Mm -hmm. more than any movie I've ever seen. I felt the class distinction so in my body that I couldn't, I could never say this movie wasn't about class because like, if you just stripped all the language, took out the subtitles, you don't speak Korean visually, it is just like, like completely like about those differences. Um, but intellectually, I. Don't think it was not like compared to a movie like um Sorry to Bother You, yeah, right. which is like very like from a head place narratively about right and and intellectually it's about class and they're talking. To me. In this movie, it just you just feel it, yeah, and I think that's
1: really
0: powerful. This sh- shows through showing not saying or it shows through doing not saying or something yeah, like yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, but
1: yeah, it, yeah. it is the th- I guess maybe the only thing there is I would say is it's really pointed about those distinctions. Like it's very mm-hmm. it's it's very much you know like hitting those. It, there are points at which this film is very subtle and there are points of this film that is not, not subtle at right, all. No. And one of them is after the the flooding of the house. Yeah. You know, the flooding of this family whose whose entire uh, livelihood has been destroyed. Right. Um you know, uh, this is I, I found an interesting article about the 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 history of those uh, basement structures. Yeah. Um you know, in the way they came about in uh, Korean culture. Um uh, and basically they were you know, they were built around the sort of anxiety around North Korean invasions uh and 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 early bunker you know like uh, yeah. And they were initially were not supposed to be used as dwellings. They actually mentioned that in the film. That that the houses weren't. No, no, no. That the the where the family lives, not where oh. not the, not the underground bunker, but where the the family lives is a uh, is was not intended to be a dwelling for a house because oh, it wow. attracts mold and pests and is yeah. not suitable for uh, uh, hospital living. But but career has like one of the highest gro- You know, like the highest growing. You know. Um, uh, wealth growth in the OECD, so so they inevitably have to like open up the housing market, and you know like people will just go wherever there are uh, spaces available. Yeah. But the pointed thing there is the way in which one entire family's livelihood, their home, their belongings, everything about them has been destroyed, and then and another family has no not a care in the world about any of that the rain has literally just washed off without without a hint of damage to the mm-hmm. house no she, and, she literally says something mm-hmm. about the rain wasn't mm-hmm. it lovely to wasn't, get that rain wasn't it like, lovely thank god we got that rain that rain and the, she's saying it to the driver to yeah. the driver and she doesn't and the thing that i think is really powerful there is she has no idea no. what's happened to him no she's you know and I, I think this is that beautiful design thing in that house which is that they're, they're completely walled off from the reality of the yes. world outside of them. And I, I don't think they're like the other powerful thing here is that they're not the parks aren't bad people. No. Like I don't I don't think they're
0: They're oblivious, th- they're not bad. Yeah, they're, right.
1: they're entirely just oblivious and that's what you know, like uh, Bong Joon, who has talked about like the uh, one of the questions he's been asked is is why do you think this film resonates so much uh, internationally? And he says, "Well, we don't." He says one of the things that's interesting about uh, the hu- human beings is we we all live in a country called capitalism, and that's what's you know like, and that's what this film is really about mm. uh, about the sort of the weight of capitalism, what it does to people. And I don't think you know the Parks are bad people; they're just under the under the system of capitalism, they're entitled to be isolated from the realities of the world yeah. and that's kind of that's amazing
0: and I, I think that I, I, this might be um, minute but the the capitalism was sort of more of the vibe I got still and maybe that's just from his history Snowpiercer and you know a couple other things but like I the, the, what I saw here was that all of the characters were they had the ability to interact with each other with respect in mm-hmm. a way uh, when they were alone or separated from the different people uh, for the like not in their direct family, they spoke about the other people and they, there were some small judgments, but there was never like, Oh fuck these rich people or those no. poor pieces of shit. Like, and, and then there's sort of the moments where you see them uh, when they're interacting with one another, the different groups, how uh, the interactions, d- the basic human stuff doesn't really matter. Until something else is called out about it, like right. for instance, um, the there's two examples that I can think of. One is when the son and the daughter, uh, the 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 one he's tutoring, who's t- too young for him, uh, yeah. start to get a uh, a romantic relationship um and that sort of like crosses the the in a faux pas way like the 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 capitalist lines or the classist lines and then the second is when uh you can see when the father is having the test with mr park um Mm -hmm. uh, the driving test and they're just talking and there's multiple times where he talks about mr park talks about how he almost crosses the line but doesn't yep and that's sort of like there there that moment in when they're doing that you see like how they can still be weirdly close and still have a uh, if they're playing the quote game correctly right. they uh won't break any of the sort of unspoken rules but people are still kind in a weird way and again the rich family is oblivious mm-hmm. yeah. and the the poor family is is manipulating the rich family uh, even to the point, and again, I don't think anyone's necessarily bad in this movie, uh, except, well, you know, it, go, it, it goes off the, the, the uh, far end at the end. But the, the interesting part is when they all get the jobs and then the family goes on the camping trip for the kid's birthday yep. and they're all just dicking around in the house and drinking their alcohol and hanging out and woo, very yeah. parasite-y. Um, the next step in the plan if it if it if it all went according to plan was for the son to eventually marry the daughter right. and then they get the house yeah, yeah. and i was like okay <laughs> that was the moment where i'm like right now you're right here they're vying for jobs and they got their jobs they're having like these weird little perks and then i was like this is but uh, I, I think all right. I, I mean, that was
1: pretty pie in the sky. do yeah, I, don't, I, I, I don't think I, I, that was a. I don't think it was the plan. plan. I think it was more like they were just you know because he was talking about how he he's going to ask her out at some point. Yeah. and then and then the father was kind of like, wait, so that means that uh, you might marry. You know, like I might have to. You might marry into this house or that's something fair. Like, that. It was you know, like playful. It, it was just yeah. playful. And like the father was and, and then they joke about how they would have to hire another family to play to play their, his their family parents. at the yeah. wedding.
0: Yeah. Right. Which I thought was just really fun. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. My my memory of that came across more serious, but now talking about it again, I think this might be a subtitle thing. <laughs> I think this might be like when I read it, I took it more serious oh, than the tone yeah, actually yeah. was allowing it for. Yep. And that's why it didn't click with me initially. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I don't know. Um so no, I mean I I think it's uh maybe to your point Matt it's uh Uh, it's not a movie that explicitly talks about social class, but it's very much the tapestry for which the entire film is hung upon. And for which I think if you're viewing the film to have a conversation about it with, because you know, the, the, the thing that really was, there's a lot of things I want to talk about in this movie and and Mm. I feel like we're going to take a lot of time to talk through all of this so much, but one of the things (laughs) that I think we're going to, that that in terms of the conversation we're having right now about class that I think is really profound is the ending of the movie. Is the very, very ending of the movie, which is which I think is it is both literal and metaphorical in many ways. Um and you know, literal as in, you know, like um Sun Kung-ho is like living in the basement of the house. He's he is like he is entirely ousted from society. But the you know, like the the son's plan to get him out is now shifted to this idea that well now i just need to make money and buy the house which again is sort of pie in the sky right but it is this sort of like idea that that he's entirely trapped by the ability for one class to actually maneuver their way out of another. You know, like, mm, that's the only way he'll actually get out of this. You no, know,
2: that's a good point. He <clears throat> buys in to the ulti- the <clears throat> overall conceit, yeah. which is if you want to protect your father yeah. or protect your family or protect your loved ones, you really just need to, like, make get rich. Get rich. Right? That's really, that's really yeah, what so it is. So in a sense, <clears throat> like, he's completely – because, as we said, none of these people are class warriors. Yeah. So ultimately he just buys in kind yeah, of.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think he's always been kind of half there, but like, you know, like they've, oh, they've all uh, wanted to buy in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they're just no. stopping them from like uh, from th- this is the life they want. It's, right. uh, you know, and they've got no higher aspiration. They're, they're not there to like raise up the classes. They're not there to take everyone out of the basements no. or anything like that. They're no. there for themselves. They want this life. Yeah. And I think that that, that ending, which I was like admittedly kind of curious about, because it it, it plays out, it's suddenly, the movie kind of shifts tones into something far more, it feels allegorical or or metaphorical, it probably is the right word, Uh, because you're like, I'm not sure... I'm buying exactly everything that's happening here, but it feels like it's very much about what the film is trying to talk about.
0: Yeah. Um, Are
1: we supposed to buy that he actually
0: did get enough
1: money to buy that That's my house? question.
0: At first when it happened, when you're seeing it cuz it, so uh just for a little bit of context, uh, there's there's a lot to go backwards on this and we'll touch on some of it, but like long story short, there's light switches in the basement bunker that you can then sort of do morse code with and the and the the husband of the old housekeeper was down there and like would like almost worship <laughs> Mr. Park and like re- do messages in morris code like respect respect yeah. um and then uh when the father uh goes down there eventually and hides after the mm-hmm. the kerfuffle let's just call it yeah, uh, call, the call murderous it kerfuffle the
2: bloody murderous
0: crime. uh at the garden party uh he knows that his son was in the scouts and therefore he would know um morris code so he writes this long letter translates it and does it in the with on the light every night in hopes that his son sees it his son does and then we get the son's perspective almost like from a letter back to his father. And this is where I got a little confused. Yeah. He's writing this letter to his father. And I was like, the the father's letter to the son was very literal. I have this mechanic that I can use to then hopefully communicate with him through this Morse code light in the yep. in the entryway. The son is almost writing a direct response, but there's no actual way... Yeah, there's no the, mechanism. For the for the yeah, no. him to get it to the father. Right. So then during this, he's like, Well, I'm just gonna make money and buy the house. And then like we did this weird like time jump where like he now has money and he's buying the house. And I was like, Okay, cool. And he does it and he's like, and then when I own it, like you'll be able to come outside and blah, 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 blah. And like then it shows the scene of the father coming up and they hug, and then the mother comes over. And then it cuts back to the son in the original basement house, like finishing the letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think he, I mean, if if we are right. trying to get I a chronological you're right.
1: thing, yeah, I, that, I I read it hundred percent that way that we, we don't know if this plan is going to work or what, you know, how nope. literal this planet. And that's what I mean. The yeah. the film yeah. gets this into this metaphorical sense, because yeah. he's basically, it, it's more the conceptual idea that he's bought into. I'm not going to go free my dad. I know where my dad is. I'm not going to go free him literally. I'm going to free him metaphorically by elevating us beyond the confines of our class, right. you know. And that's and and the and that's the plan at the end of the film. We don't know if it's even going to come to fruition. Right, we don't know right. where it's going to be. But and
2: our I, knowledge of how the world works tells us not likely.
0: Yeah. Well, I liked I liked that it actually cut back to him in the basement because at that point I had a little bit of a moment where I was like, "Is this movie going to tank its ending?" Because I was like, when it right. was all happening, <laughs> I was like, everything else had such care yep. and such like time spent on it and then it's like and then i got rich and bought the house and i was like this can't be but that's not but that's not yeah not
1: not at all in fact i think the point is to kind of it all in a way is to give us the audience the kind of like oh i guess maybe that's possible and then and then and then take it away from it like he's Bong bongjin who is so good at like you know at basically um uh, make coddling the audience into into being comfortable and then pulling the rug from under them and then yeah. making them feel comfortable again. yeah. and and, you know, the moment I was talking about in the film, which where I mean, I audibly laughed out loud. Can I guess? Yeah.
2: <laughs> was it the kick? It was the kick. Okay. you yeah. know what my other option was? What? when you find out that the girl is talking about um the sister as if it's the. As if it's the girl, a girlfriend. And so we laugh because we think he's. Um, oh, right, right. We yeah. laugh at that because we're like, oh my God, yeah. she has a crush on him. And then they kiss and you're yeah. like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. So, like, this is like, that was another point where, like,
1: I laughed and then horror yeah. settled yeah, yeah, yeah. in, right? No, the kick was the thing. The kick. Yeah. yeah. And then it was only the second viewing around where I was like, man, the way this sequence of basically um, them trying to. Keep the underground family underground. Oh, the ra- it's the Ramdon sequence. Oh, the Ramdon sequence is unbelievable. Just, it's so masterfully put together. Yeah, and it and its punctuation mark is literally this like comedic almost Charlie Chaplin is kind of kicked down a stairs to get rid of one character. Yep, and then you know and I the thing I was watching for this time was the timing of the edit and like basically we get the kick and then the mother walks out with the Ramdon noodles and we're sort of hanging in the air for a second. It's like, ha. And then we cut to this like beautiful pan shot and it's like tumble, tumble, tumble crash. Yeah. And you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. You know, and it's, I think that that interplay of, of knowing how to manipulate the audience in just the right way. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's unparalleled you know like and it's not it never it doesn't feel
2: showy you no, know like you know no, like, it really doesn't and i honestly that whole rammed on sequence th- from the minute it, the timer starts, and you're like, okay, so they have to wrestle <laughs> these people into the basement while she has to fucking make rambodon. Yeah. Like, that has to happen, yeah, right? yeah. And so the idea that one person is doing this incredibly mundane activity, cooking, while everyone else, literally violence, is passing right next to her, like at her
1: elbow. Death is passing her. Right. Right, over. You know, I've like,
2: never seen anything like that, really.
1: Like, and, and then I love the fact that, the, you know, like, and, and I think this is kind of... Uh, uh par for the course for this kind of film but done so beautifully here is the way that the the parks are entirely oblivious to this Ugh. the little detail that I loved and I and i I think it's just an example of like glorious storytelling here and a real clear understanding of every single character was this this thing that I I noticed on the first viewing but I was like kind of more aware of in the second viewing is when uh the daughter um uh, i'm gonna I'm, let, let's pull up some names here um uh Park Dai Hai, uh, uh the Juju uh, the 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 daughter that's being tutored. Yeah. Yep. Um she comes out and she's like, How could you do that? And she's like, what do you mean? She says, You offered him the Ram Don, but ignored me and ate it yourself. Yeah. And it was like, you know, this whole thing about the class it's not even the class distinction, but it's like the way daughters are treated versus uh versus sons. sons. Yeah. And yeah. it was mm-hmm. like, it was it it's it's such a clear understanding of like how this character would feel at that moment, that that conversation feels entirely realistic, especially given everything we know about the family dynamic.
0: Yep. There's, there's one thread that does not have an ending. Okay. But, uh, it's not an important thread, but with this movie being so fucking tight, it does stand out to me. It doesn't ruin anything. It doesn't do it. Maybe I missed it too. So yeah, I, yeah. I'd be interested to hear both of your opinions on this. The Morse code thing, uh, you know, respect and like mm-hmm. the, the guy who does the little messages and whatnot. Um, the son of the rich house knows Morse code and figures out that it says, help me or whatever like that. <laughs> oh, right. And that doesn't go anywhere.
2: That's a good point.
0: And well, I, I didn't know sort of what that, what what the point of showing that was And I I still can't place it because I know right after that, soon after the garden party happens. But I figured like that would play in at some
1: point. I, yeah. Well, because the sun is sleeping um, all the way until the garden part, until he until the party happens. Like the sun is asleep the entire time. But the
0: sun is decoding. Yeah, no, the, he deco- yeah.
1: he decodes it at night when everyone's asleep. Yeah, and then he's asleep. He falls asleep, and then you know everyone organizes this party around him, and then he wakes up to the party. So I don't. He... Right. <laughs> it just felt weird. Like the, everything else, I feel like, and I'll have to watch this movie again and again
0: and again. But everything else in this film had a
1: real purpose. Yeah. So here's here's one thing I want to point out about the sun that I I. Didn't pick up on the first time around, but I did pick up on the second time around. Was you know like they're talking about the portraits and yes. and the, and uh, he says it's a portrait of a chimpanzee. Yeah, and he says no, it's a portrait. You know, it's a, it's a self, self portrait. portrait. Yeah. it's not. It's a portrait of the of the person he saw downstairs. <sighs> And oh and my God, remember, he basically right. had, he had this he thing which is it's the ghost. ghost. He hits the ghost, and he like he had this. Tr- you know, they, they talk about it very briefly in the film that he had this incredibly traumatic experience that nobody wants to talk about. And and he mentioned on his birthday. Yep. On his birthday, he had this cake, and he saw this ghost, and his eyes rolled up, and his head, his mouth was frothing. They had to rush him to the hospital. Yeah. And you know, like this art therapy, the, the whole art thing has essentially been an extension of like trying to heal him from that process. Right. And and in fact, the final garden party is supposed to be the
2: final step in. Like erasing his trauma. He's erasing his trauma. Yeah, it worked. Did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't <laughs> work. It was <goes> horribly <laughs> didn't wrong. didn't work. But
1: essentially, this kid is like living through he has seen he he's basically like uh the child in almost any ghost story who like kind of sees that there is a ghost in the house and and is not quite sure at this point how to articulate it people think he's kind of you know like he's had some traumatic experience but that but it was like only the the second time around once you'd seen that beautiful image of the uh the man i actually can't find the name of that actor who plays the man who lives downstairs yeah uh but like his eyes—he's pop- got the most. Express- He's a theater actor too. Yeah, most oh, really? expressive yeah. eyes, yeah. and like that—that that shot where we see that—you know—like him pop up. Uh, that's what the drawing is of. That's so uh, true, and it's so good.
0: But I, yeah, it, it, all that is very true. I still don't know why they showed us. The little kid decoding the Morse code is it to solidify the fact that they can do Morse code because we knew it beforehand? Like maybe to help the when the audience when we get to the the maybe. new father
2: in the basement. Maybe it might have been that they they were finding that the son decoding the Morse code was too far of a stretch, and they're like, well, if we see the other son doing it before, yeah, then we'll get we'll be used to that idea. Maybe maybe
0: like- again. Tiny thing, but it did. That was the one thing in this movie, and, and, and that I was just like,
2: I wonder why that's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I honestly, in my filmmaking, I sometimes have found that if a scene's not working, sometimes the problem is another scene that happened many minutes ago. That like, there's Didn't actually nothing wrong with the scene, yeah, that seems to not be working. So sometimes, like, I've even had to sacrifice a scene where I'm like, okay, well, this is this is not going to be a great moment, yeah. <laughs> but the audience is going to have to sit through it because they're sitting in the movie. And later... They're gonna have such a splendid moment because of that moment that wasn't great. Yeah. That like sometimes I'll make those little compromises. I I can't imagine Bong has to compromise. Right. like yeah.
1: The rest of us. But maybe it's an example of that. I also I, I think as well to that point the storytelling is so good at the beginning at the beginning of the movie, uh, in the way that he establishes the parameters of the house. Mm. Um. Because the you know the thing that we talk we we haven't really talked about it here is that the house is a set. It was entirely built. Really. Like every part of it was designed and built it's not a well it's it doesn't perfect it's amazing and yeah. the ba- and the basement uh, uh, apartment was also built so yep. so they, they could flood it as well yeah um but the way he sits up the storytelling of that house is through the con through the grift is how we start learning how the house works. So oh, um, yes, um, my my favorite part, is, and again, I like there, there are all these pointed shots where families have come, conv- uh, where the parks have conversations in front of the the wine, um, the wine bar that they have, which has got the doorway that leads to the basement. Yes, and it's always facing in that direction, so you're always like looking at this couple that are having this conversation that's entirely backlit, but then has this like big gap in the middle of it which is like really i always like the first time i watched i was like that is strange composition yeah but it's like it's only later upon you know like thinking about it that you realize that gap is the entire crux of the story right and and the only way we we get into that basement the first time around is when uh the the first housemaid says um would you like some plum, uh, plum essence to to calm your nerves? And then we go downstairs right. and we see the we see the bookshelf. We see basically yep. how they have like this entire sort of um, uh, stockpile of goods and everything yep. down there. And it's like that's how we l- you know we're never consciously being told how the house works. Like no. we're just being we're just being introduced to the house through like very specific story points. Yeah,
2: we learn the we learn the space only when it's absolutely necessary, which <laughs> reminds me a little bit of. More yeah oh, the, yeah the Haneke film that took place entirely in like a two bedroom apartment yeah and like two thirds of the way through the movie I'm like whoa there's a piano yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah. know like because he you says, realize what? there's another side to that apartment as you're watching right. that movie he wouldn't show you anything until yeah. it was important that, right yeah it's a similar kind of uh, you know way that it I, I I was really amazed at how well that set yeah um that house uh, allowed for photography that told you that these were like likened these people to parasites i mean them literally hiding under the table yeah yeah them literally like crawling through passageways on the walls at the beginning being fumigated i mean there's like there's so much visual evidence for the parasites being parasites i almost feel like like the filmmaker was like okay let's have a class let's talk about class a little bit I'm going to grant you that the underclass are parasites. I'm going to grant it to such an extent that I'm going to literally depict them like in the most absurd (laughs) ways possible. And I'm still going to make your heart break for them.
1: Right. Like, I thought that was, I don't know. It's just something that. And it it never feels contrived, I think, is the real. Real clearly, I love me some David Fincher. I I, I love me, me some David Fincher. But you think about like how a film like Panic Room sits up the parameters of the house in Panic Room. You know, like right. like we get these like long trolling shots through through the house, and we see the architecture of the house mm-hmm. being set up, and we understand exactly how the the layout of the house is being told. But it's being like told to us. Yeah. And yeah, and, yeah. and like don't get me wrong, I love me I love me that movie. Yeah. But uh, but the it's just so elegantly done here. And it's like the the phrase like master filmmaker should be applied in the these terms when it's someone who just is clearly working on a level that's so profoundly beyond what I think I thought was ca- would possible. And it it, it, it master to me means someone who makes the impossible seem simplistic, right? You know, like it's it feels simple. it yeah. seems simple. Uh, it's boiled down to its purest form here.
0: The, another thing that, that struck me, uh, thankfully not like physically because that we saw what it can do in the film is this uh, the scholar stone, uh, yeah. yeah maybe. Uh that thing as a through line. Now in a couple interviews he said that like it's again who knows how deep this sort of is but like it's not like meant to mean anything it's just something he remembered from his childhood that like his father or it like had in that like collected these giant rocks and it's like why would anyone collect these rocks and hey, it was also meant to set up i guess in south korean culture it's a really weird thing for a young person to gift someone that because it's such an old thing mm. right um and it does, you know, it plays because it's supposed to bring you like good luck and wealth or whatever like that. Uh, and, and it th- does. And it does. And then, th- but there's so many shots of that fucking rock in like the perfect spot. Yes. Uh,
1: you know what it reminded me of? Is there's a, th- so there's two, uh, there's two things that I think the film reminded me of. I don't think the film explicitly. Discusses this as an idea, um, but I certainly just drew upon my, you know, like my knowledge in in history, and I don't think the film you do need you need this in order to do this. But uh, in in Aboriginal uh, society and and particularly in Australia, there's this sort of ever growing thing, which is uh, particularly around Ears Rock, which is a a famous landmark in, in Australia. Yep. So, and the thing there is, don't ever take, uh, you know, a lot of people would take like rocks from there to to bring home, uh-huh. and it was always like told it's ba- it's actually bad luck to do so, right. and this there's a shot in this movie where they where the where the last time we see that stone, it's being returned to a river. You know, like and it was like I just kind of remembered this idea that like huh. you know if you take this stone, it will actually bring you bad luck without without realizing it, and it's being gifted to this family oh. by another family who's from another class. Yes. You know, like because they the, the 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 way we get introduced to men, the person who brings in the rock, yeah, yep. is he is like he's a college student who's entirely capable of like expressing himself, you know, and like, yeah. and, and, you know, exerting himself against this man who's peeing against the house. Yeah. yeah, And he's the one who brings that gift gift to them. And, and when, um, the, the son, oh man, I, 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 I apologize to all our Korean listeners for our inability to like refer to uh character's names here, but it's, uh, Kim Ki-woo, um, you know, says at the end, you know, he's, he's asked by his dad, why are you holding on to that rock? And he says, he, it clings to me, Yeah, you know, like, you know, like it, there's this sort of, of almost metaphysical thing, you know, about this rock. Yeah. I. I, I so obviously, when the rock arrives yeah.
2: to, into their lives, that's when literally that night things start changing for them, right? Yeah. That's, they immediately go have the conversation where he gets the job, yeah. he's told he's going to have the job, right? Mm-hmm. And then what I thought was uh, so, then you go through this wonderful long sequence where all the dominoes fall and mm. they all get these jobs, and now they're celebrating back at their house with beer like yeah. they do every time. And this bounti- so much-
1: is it bounteous Wi Fi? Oh, no, they get that from the pizza, right? right, right yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and the um, and the camera is slowly rotating around them, and the rock is in the center. No one's mm. talking about it, no one's looking at it, but it is dead center in the frame as it like, rotates around, and then some another pisser comes along. Yeah, oh, sorry, microphone. Hey. Um, another piss person comes by a piss person um is coming by to piss and um the son grabs the rock to go hit him with it which is so disrespectful of the rock (laughs) yeah and that's the point at which shit starts going south oh interesting right like and i thought oh that's interesting like as long as it was like grandly presented on their mantle like they were fine as soon as he disrespects it and takes it and goes to use it as a weapon
1: against Another yeah. lower class person. The father also comes, they, they change the rock for the water. Right? Yeah. They you know change what
2: I know? Water, which is such an interesting mm. symbol
1: throughout the movie. Yeah. yeah, because they splash water and it like it's a deluge that hits the sun and not the pisser. And, yeah. And they
2: slow motion <laughs> it, yeah. right?
1: It goes into total slow motion because she's mm. filming
2: it on her camera and the music goes crazy. It's one of the most abstract moments in the yep. whole piece, yeah. right? And she goes, It's a deluge. Yeah. Which on second and viewing is, is like Dude, the deluge Mm -hmm. is coming. And I wonder if this moment of being ungracious to another person in the lower class Mm -hmm. is sort of the moment that sets them on the path that ultimately results in their... You know what what I noticed this time around
1: as well in the second viewing is that when... um, when Kim ki moon goes to it leaves to go uh, do the interview, um, you know, and and the father is basically saying, "Oh, if there was a degree in art forgery, this would, you know, you would this would right. be the, get the highest prize on it." And he and he says this beautiful line, which is that, um, I, "I I will get this one day. I just printed it a year early." In the yeah. background of that shot is the mother, and she's cleaning something. You know what she's cleaning? What the rock. Really? Yeah, she's right behind them scrubbing the rock. Wow! Huh. Uh, it's a. Re- I was like, oh, that's you know, it's, and it's clearly a choice. Yeah, it's clearly yep. put there for a reason, but it's like. It's such a strange thing to be cleaning at that moment as well. Um, it's such a incredible detail. One other bit of
2: water mm-hmm. yes. symbolism, because the rock, obviously, the water, obviously, right, mm-hmm. is when they think they haven't made and mm-hmm. before they really sit into party in the living room. Yeah, when they're she's taking a bath mm-hmm. and they're all just enjoying the house, mm-hmm. right. He runs around with water and gives everybody bottled yeah, water, water, right? Yeah. So he's distributing he yeah. rolls it across the yeah. across the bathroom to her. Yeah. Like there's this like distribution of water, like and and then ultimately the stone gets put back into water. Like, what does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> but clearly these are two very strong symbols that are like. Connecting with each other in the last like image.
1: Yeah, the one uh, final. I guess you know we'll talk about a lot of things, but the the thing that I was really interested in, uh, and again, it was a piece of backstory that I knew about. I think is is potentially relevant and may have been on Bong Joon Ho's mind, but but is nowhere referenced in this film. Is um is the is, is, have any of you heard the story of Frank Lloyd Wright's house Taliesin, which is uh, no. the house in Iowa that he built for his mistress. Mm, I've heard Rick, of that house. Regale us. Uh, yes. the, the, he, he, Frank Lloyd Wright, obviously one of the most famous architects in the world. Uh, at the point, at that time, uh, built this house for his mistress to live there with his, uh, with her children, uh, in the hope that you know he would eventually divorce his wife and you know come live there. Um, the house was then the, the site for one of the worst massacres uh, in that period, where um, uh, a, a cook uh, by the name of Julian Carlton, a 31 year old man who worked as a chef and servant atelier. Uh, basically, flipped um, and murdered. I think uh, around eight people at the house, including the Jesus. family um, and a few of the workers that were working in the house. And the the thing, that, the reason I thought that was interesting, it, it's it's a sort of famous story because then Frank Lloyd Wright tried to rebuild the house, and it got and it burnt down. A, uh, it, uh, the cook Carlton actually burnt the house down. Yeah. And so uh, Frank Lloyd Wright tried to rebuild it. it. It burnt down a second time because of faulty wiring. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, like the, the house kind of took on this o- ominous kind of tone. But there was this interesting part about the story, which I thought was really fascinating when I, because I, I knew the story about Taliesin and Frank Lloyd Wright and, you know, before, but I didn't know anything about the person who committed the crime. And one of the things I'd always sort of known, you know, like wondered about or, or thought about was that the way that it was described was like, oh, he just flipped out. He just went crazy. He, nobody knows exactly why he did what he did. But watching this film and watching mm. the the kind of sense of smell, you know, like the way that sm- smell is kind of played out, and the reason why the father stabs Park in the end, yeah, I, I kind of was just rem- reminded of that moment, and I was like, because because later on, there's news reports where they're going. Uh, we don't know why he did what he did. You know, like there's no. Right. It seems like they were on good terms. You know, like it's the same sort of thing that was sort of told about the Taliesin story, where like nobody knows why this cook did it. But he was like ultimately he was a servant at this house, and you know, like probably not a well treated one. And it's it it kind of reminded me of like the way this film kind of basically gives you the backstory to a moment of madness. Yeah. Um. And and I you like again I don't. I don't think it's like directly connected. I don't think anything. It just happens to be a story about an architect in an architect's house. But the the uh, this profile in Vulture... Um that uh that refers to uh that 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 Bong Jun who did actually took place in uh, Hollyhocks which is another Frank Lloyd Wright house oh. and 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 they they basically spend the entire time wandering around this Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright house and <laughs> and Bong Jun is not a person who is like unaware of circumstances around him and he ends no. the he ends the interview uh talking about the house and he was like um uh, we hit. this is from the article, we head towards the dining room of the house, which is furnished with a he- hexagonal wooden table and a fabric light fixture above. And Bong Joon-ho says, with a smile, if there were a fire, this place would burn really easily. Of course, one hopes that that doesn't happen. And I was like, I just, I don't know. Like, again, <laughs> I don't think, there's nothing in this film that talks about that. But when I think about that story and that question mark about why did the the servant you know, kill the mistress of the house and the children and people that were working there. And then I think about what this film does to get us to that point. You know, I I sort of, I just, I connect those things in my brain and sort of in that, that's the way this film kind of makes my brain fire off in weird ways. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's no. just the inside. It's, it's not a, in the film at all. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, it's a great connection.
0: It definitely connects, and it sounds like he also like is aware and like that. That I'm sure that there's something in there. He said this movie had been with him since um, in 2013. His, yeah, something like that. The
2: house is pretty Lloyd Wrighty. It is very yeah. Frank Lloyd right? Wright.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I I wonder about that connection a little
2: bit. It's also
1: oh. a lot like the house in Dogtooth. Did you ever see? Yeah, Dogtooth? It did, yeah. It's a oh, lot like that house. I saw the, the house in Dogtooth felt a little bit grungier. Yes, Maybe. but I mean, what the, you mean in style? the I mean, way like that you structure. have to go up to yeah, a lawn and yeah, the yard and, and everything it's kind of a like a
2: concrete box in a yard yeah. with a hedge around it and you have to go downstairs to get out, yeah. to get out from the yard area. <laughs> Not the interior, but the yeah. exterior to me felt a little bit like that. A,
1: lot more, yeah. a lot more VHS tapes and dog tooth as far as I, <laughs> I remember. <that>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for a specific reason.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's all very clear right now that that <laughs> this is a film that we all want you to see some perhaps twice if maybe you get the memo yeah uh (laughs) i know i think this movie um i mean i'll just do sort of do my final thing with it uh it's crazy crazy good on 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 a lot of different uh, you know not to say the thing that you, you sort of said but on a lot of different levels I think yeah. this movie is one of those things where that is a fair assessment uh, you can enjoy it uh, multiple different ways you can think about a lot of different things it does you could dive into the history of either the aspects of the choices about the house like Shaheer brought up with that article or the stone or the different elements but play with water like there's a yep. lot to there's there's so much for you to unpack I personally am looking forward to seeing this a second time buying it watching it I'd also so this is a movie... and and tell me if you guys agree with it I mean I think you will but like this is one of those films where I'd be super excited if someone was over my house and we were just looking for a movie to watch and I was like hey did you see Parasite and they'd be like oh no I'd be like oh Oh, yeah yeah. like that that (laughs) moment of excitement where you can like show someone a thing that you know uh, will resonate
1: yeah Um, Yeah. I'll just quickly summarize before we give Morgan the final word on this but uh, I mean look I'm delighted by this film in almost every way I think it's uh, as Morgan kind of characterized it delicious Uh, like uh, a a finely prepared, delicious meal that is also delightful and 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 un, um, uh, unflinching in its in its willingness to entertain you. Yeah, you know, like it's it's so it's so willing to actually like engage with an audience. And I and I, I don't think I've seen. You know, I've seen it twice in theaters with both audiences, and I don't think I've seen an audience as fully engaged in a movie uh, in recent memory as I have in 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 both these experiences. Yep. So I yeah. uh, wholeheartedly recommend it. At this point, it is the best film I've seen this year, and it's probably the, one of the best films I've seen in a movie theater in a long time. Yeah. Um. So yes, uh, yeah, no question to go see it again. But also, just you know, it's a profoundly interesting. You know, like watch it alongside Roma. I think is an interesting, uh, Mm. interesting conversation point to think about class distinctions in that film as well. I I just, it's, it's so masterfully done. Wow.
2: Okay. Well, I, I have like, I mean, I could go on a lot. (laughs) Um, uh, we haven't. We didn't really talk about like the ways in which it's similar to to Hitchcock. Yeah,
1: um, but there's, I, a, there's a shot of Hitchcock in the film. What? Where? Yeah, in uh, on the bookshelf. There uh, uh, under one of the um, one of the pictures that they're doing is a is an anthology of books, and there's a uh, one of them is about Hitchcock, and there's a little photo of him right there. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I happened to catch
2: um, Bong's uh, Reddit ask me anything, yeah. which was like a few days ago, and sure enough, listing yeah. favorite filmmakers, Hitchcock, yep. favorite <laughs> book. Hitchcock Truffaut, Hitchcock at work. Like you know, two out of his four favorite books are Hitchcock books. So like obviously, like you know, he's he's studied at the feet of the master. And um, uh, one of the suspense moments for me that was really intense the first time I saw it was, and I realized that I I, probably a lot of people weren't (laughs) clicking into it, but I sure did. Was when they're enjoying the house because the parks have gone on holiday mm-hmm. camping. We yeah. know they've gone camping and then lightning flashes when she says this one thing, yeah. it starts to rain and they're just having a great time. And I'm like, guys, it's raining. Yeah. Do you know what happens to camping trips when it rains? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, and I'm sitting there. So this to me, the suspense is growing, <laughs> like moment by moment. I'm like, it's raining. It's raining, guys. <laughs> They're gonna come back. And sure enough, eventually they do. But he twists it before that happens. So even though I had that expectation, when the doorbell rings, that's I'm not getting fit. So like that kind of thing, like setting up a suspenseful. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And then twisting it, and then and then it, that immediately turns into more suspense and more like. It's just stacks upon stacks of 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 suspenseful lines. So that even when one's resolved, you're in the middle of another one. And I was just really impressed with that because I, I'm a big believer that suspense is one of the main things that pulls us into films. Like yeah. it's just it's it's a tool that can't be, you know, can't be
1: understood. We didn't even talk about the the Native American imagery. Like oh. we 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 we, we oh, didn't even true. touch about the fact oh, that like, like right. you know like the the the, the te- kid is obsessed with Indians yeah. with
2: Native Americans but he would call them Indians yeah. right yeah. and he has an Indian mm-hmm. tent in a, like a fifties way yeah. yeah like in a really unpc way and mm-hmm. like they're wearing headdresses mm-hmm. yeah and they're gonna and, win- uh,
1: yeah. I love when the the father says is that tent gonna leak and he said no we bought it from the United States there's you, a lot you, of references uh, to the United States
2: is... as like the as as like the the, the designator of, of quality, yeah. Yeah. which is really <laughs> strange yeah. as, as an American. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. I find that odd. <laughs> uh, um, okay, I have one question for you guys that sure. I cannot figure out there's a point at which the poor family is listing, they're trying to remember when did dad drive for a valet? Yep. Yeah. And they're listing all these things, and they they mention, like, was it before or after the cake shop closed? Uh, and he goes, oh, it was after the cake shop closed. And like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and then later, yeah. when they're dealing with the other parasite family in yep. the basement, <laughs> he says something about a cake shop closing, yeah. and they cut to the father, who has this who weird look on his face, it, yeah. right? So what am I to make of that? Did they once work together and have forgotten each other, or...
1: So there was a a Reddit AMA another Reddit <laughs> thread which uh, which asked basically uh, Korean viewers of this film could you fill us in on any inside jokes or any inside information oh, that, great. That, that played differently? Great. And one of the things is the Taiwanese cake shop, um, which is a something that both families invested in. Now it's not necessarily said that that they that it's the same uh, one. that it's the same one, but apparently it is a little bit of an epidemic, kind of like in the United States where. Um, People take their money and invest, you know, like buy a a, a a taxi medallion or something like that. Right, like there's an epidemic of people like buying f- um, uh, uh, food, uh, fast food joints or things like that, like cake shops, like fried chicken, that uh-huh. sort of thing, huh. and losing all of their money and like being oh. you know and being wiped out. by so it's, it. a okay. it's a classic way to yeah. lose your shirt. It, it's it's but it's also that it's it, the underlying thing there is people trying to elevate themselves and failing miserably. Trusting at it.
0: the system and the system breaks for them yeah. for one way or another. Yeah, yeah that makes more sense cuz the father didn't it was there was a moment of recognition but I wasn't sure if it was a personal one cuz they never talk about it again yeah. and that makes a lot more sense than yeah. it's right. just like, "Oh shit, that's a recognition of this guy's just like me but like 5 years later."
1: Yeah. And then well, like, eventually he yeah. turns into yeah. that He literally
0: turns into that guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, like right. he goes down
1: and he lives down there. Oh my god, that's brilliant. I love the way that that the father who lives down there is just like just let me live down here. Right. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, good enough. This is good enough for me. And
2: it's not, also, it's not a fried chicken place. Mm. It's not a, it's a cake shop that Mm. they use and we see birthday cakes. We yeah. see nope. two, right? But we see them as just being consumed by mm. the wealthy family. To them, a cake is just something that you sit on the floor and eat in the middle of the night. Uh. And to our parasites mm. or our poorer people, a cake shop is the thing that destroyed your life.
1: Cake Boss was all over this place. Uh, <laughs> a, cake Boss needed to like really... Yeah, they, they weren't making Cake Boss money is whats no. what we were all saying, yeah. Right. Oh, man. Uh, well,
0: this has been the only podcast about the film... Parasite. Morgan, thank you so much for coming on and, oh, and talking God. with us thank about this. Thank you so
2: much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. I, I adored it. It's
0: been okay. a long time coming. We uh, what would we say? Was we originally trying to get you on uh the Danny Boyle's film. Oh right? yeah, for yesterday, which you guys. Which just we skipped. never did. Yeah, uh, I haven't and, seen that. I, I
1: gotta check and, it out. Do you? Uh, I have uh, things I to say about it. Yeah, but I I not because it was a great film. I would I would pay to see a Danny Boyle. Misfire more than I would pay to see another Terminator film at this point. Well, then get your wallet out because <laughs> yeah. they're, you're, that is available. They're uh, happy to do it.
0: Morgan, uh, where can folks find you and your work?
2: Oh, um, well, that film we were talking about earlier, Ace, is at morgannichols.com. That's a great place to look. Um, also, uh, my last feature film, How to Make Movies at Home, is at how to make movies at home.com, which is also free to watch. Have nice. You, have
1: you ever like um tried to exploit the fact that your initials are aim Nichols so that you could get into like the, the Oh Nichols like Fellowship. Mike Nichols? Yeah, like Mike Nichols. Yeah. Have you ever N- exploited that? No, I think... and my middle name is Khan, like Madeline Khan. Oh, wow. yeah. Does, all
0: Th- that,
2: that doesn't yeah, work as well. That and $1.50 buys you a cup of coffee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also Twitter, Instagram, any of that jazz? No, I don't do social straight media. Straight up website. Hey, yeah. you're smarter than me.
2: <laughs> uh, well, no, I just have more time on my hands because of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh Shakir, when you are not being, uh, I don't know. I got nothing for this. I'm just too enamored with watching this movie. movies twice. When, when you not, are not,
1: when you're not telling
0: me <laughs> that I should have
1: watched this twice with you and the guest, where can folks find you? You can find me like hiding out at the movie theaters, just like like sneaking into like extra screenings. <laughs> right after this, I'm gonna go watch uh, *Parasite* again. Um, you can find me doing that at my website, www.shahirdaud.com. That's S H A H I R D A U D dot com. Matt, when you are not clear on the social classes and where you might exist on that plane. Where can people find you?
0: You can find me buy in all of the cake shops at Mm. m-a-t-t-h-e-w-k-r-o-l.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram and MSN, uh, PSN, wow, MSN, MSNBC, apparently I'm there. I'm just going to keep listing letters. Also Mano and uh, Matt Crawl in the next hour. Yeah, also, Emperor (laughs) M S K on Twitter. You can also check out some of my uh, stuff over with the good works we're doing at Extra Credits. We are, uh, oh man, we just, actually today uh, on the anniversary of the Berlin Wall uh, falling, we released an episode on the Berlin Wall and the the literal clerical errors and a street party that caused the whole thing to fucking break when like wow. presidents and leaders could not make it happen.
1: Do you think the Ronald Reagan statue is going to stand? Do you think that wall will stand, that, that statue will stand? Uh, I don't know. You guys heard about this? No. They've erected I, I a, don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. they've erected a, a statue of Ronald Reagan up by, you know, the point where he said, Mr. Gorbachev, please tear down this wall. Oh, Lord. And yeah, they, but that doesn't make any sense because it didn't work. The irony is not lost on anyone right. who's watched well, television. Anyway, in the last check days. that out. <laughs> uh, I'm very,
0: it's it's such a good uh, it's such a good uh, episode. Uh, amazing artist David Weso uh, did the art for it, and it's moving and interesting and fun. So check that out. Um, next week, I guess we'll be back with Doctor Sleep. I don't I don't see Terminator swinging around in the last forty five minutes. Let me,
1: let me let me check in. I um, just don't see it happening. Wait wait, wait because no because it might have, has the has the, uh, the end of
0: the pole end. The we th- can th- tell you right now oh, if you just hang out for.
1: It, well, it's two hours left. There's so two may- hours may- left. Maybe don't hang out. But right now, doctor's not getting this online in time. Doctor Sleep is uh, is at sixty two percent. Okay, all and, right. And uh, Terminator: Dark Fate is at thirty eight.
0: I know now why you cry,
1: and it's because I like Kubrick. No, it's just <laughs> something I can never do. We'll
0: see you. You'll hear us
1: next week. <laughs> Probably sleeping with a doctor. Bye. What?